And I want to, I'm going to take these next two minutes to explain my heart to you this morning, just for a, a moment. Every week, I'm going to try to do my best to come into this place and remind you to please put your phones on silent uh, so that we can limit distractions. Um, it's, I'm telling you, it, it happens in every service, you know, it, wherever you go around. I saw this at teen camp a lot. It seemed like every time the preacher would get going on the gospel, there just start to be untold distractions. Please don't let your cell phone become a distraction in the service. Just take it out right now, wherever your phone is, and make sure that it's on silent. And then do everything that you can. You know, you have people occasionally who just do not understand how loud they are at the wrong time in the service. Can I explain to you my heart? Don't let the devil use you to be a distraction because you want to zip your Bible or put your coat on right around the invitation. That's the time when you need to be as quiet as possible that somebody around you could be under conviction and God could be doing something in their life and the devil will do anything he can to try to try to steal that seed right out of their heart. And so I'm not trying to rebuke anybody or hurt anybody, but please, let's, let's do everything we can to have a service that's conducive to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? John chapter number 10, if you'd be turning there with me, John chapter number 10. We have been going through John 10, dealing with the shepherd and his sheep. And this morning we're going to be going on in John chapter number 10 and reading a very interesting passage in the Bible uh, we're going to begin our reading in verse number 18, and we're going to read all the way down to verse number 30. John chapter number 10, we'll begin our reading in verse number 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? This is, these are men talking about the Son of God. He has a devil, and when it says he is mad, they're calling him crazy. Blasphemous comments about Jesus, God's Son. The only man who'd ever walked on the earth and never sinned. Everything that came out of his mouth was true, and they said, he has a devil. He's mad. Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Hmm. It's a good question. And it was at Jerusalem, uh, the feast, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we come into your presence this morning and we ask you, Lord, to bless these next few moments as we try to preach your word. Help me as I preach. Lord, we don't know why you chose the foolishness of preaching to draw people to yourself, but you did. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help me and help those that hear me. And I pray, Lord, that when we leave this place, we might be able to say that you did something that only you could do in the hearts of some person here today. And I pray and I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, when Christ was on the earth, it is no doubt that he never avoided preaching the deeper doctrines of the gospel to avoid controversy. He preached things that caused much confusion in the hearts of those who listened to him. In particular, the, in particular, the Pharisees. The Pharisees never seemed to be able to get the point. Jesus could say something to them as plainly as he could be, and they would look at each other and say, Is he talking about us? The answer was yes. He was talking about them. And yet they could not hear him. They could not understand him. In this passage in the Bible, you find in verse number 26, he said, Ye believe me not, because ye are not of my sheep. Here we notice that there are certain descriptions given to the Lord's sheep that we see in this passage. It's a possession. Jesus calls his sheep, my sheep. Now all men are not the sheep of the Lord. This here today is what we would call a mixed multitude. Not everyone that is in this building is saved. Not everyone in this building can claim, along with the psalmist in Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd. Some that are in this building might bear the characteristics of more of a goat. Or of a wolf with sharp teeth. They love to criticize. They love to devour. Some take advantage of other people. Many times you can see what someone reminds or, or the characteristics of their, their attributes can be seen in their person and how they treat other people. <clears throat> Some, if they did an inspection upon their life, they certainly would not come to the conclusion that they are the sheep of the Lord. We were considering this morning how our Lord Jesus came down to this earth during an extremely violent time. You know, the, the earth has been violent at other times before, just before the flood came. And there was a flood. Jesus believed in the flood, and I believe in the flood. If Jesus said a flood happened, a flood happened. If Jesus said he got swallowed by a whale, he got swallowed by a whale. You know, anything Jesus said was true is absolutely true. And so we believe in the truths of Scripture, and one of the things that was said in Psalm 22 Words is kind of expressing, Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm pointing to the day that Jesus would die on Calvary's cross. It begins with the very same words written about a thousand years before Jesus ever was on the earth with these words, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Those same words were uttered by Christ in another language when he died. In that passage of Scripture, Jesus said that he was surrounded by dogs. Because some men's characteristics and some men are nothing more than a dog. But God and Jesus calls those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they are my sheep. 
They are the Lord's sheep. They belong to the Lord. Other people have their portion in this life, but Jesus says that my people, His people, are His portion. We are the people of the Lord's inheritance. So when the Lord speaks of people being His sheep and Him as their shepherd, He is claiming those sheep for His own. Can I ask you a question today? Are you a member of the Lord's flock? Are you a sheep of the Lord's? Brother Guy came up and he gave his testimony just a moment ago and he talked about some of the things that were going on in his life. He talked about going to church for many years and he was living an act and he was, he was acting in a certain way but he couldn't handle it anymore and he said, I, and you know the key thing that he said was, he said he cut down the altar and he said, I'm not saved. You can't get saved until you acknowledge that you're lost. Many people, if they would just come to this place in their life, they would come to that realization and they would trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. One of the marks of God's people is that the attention that they give to the shepherd. You know, some people, they claim that they are the sheep of the Lord, but it seems like they never get to a place in their life when they have an ear to hear. They can't hear! You know, in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 6, I learned this as a child, it says this, All we like sheep go astray. Now we'll just stop right there. That is the description of many people who are still in their lost condition. They are still and habitually going astray. They don't come to the Savior, they go away from the Savior. A, a attribute of the sheep of the Lord is that they come to the shepherd, not that they're going astray and going astray and going astray. There's nothing that that life offers us. The attribute of the sheep of the Lord is that my sheep hear my voice. In verse number 27, my sheep hear me. Now there's sometimes when you can say something as clear as day and someone either doesn't want to hear you, they don't want to listen to you, and by the way, that is not an attribute of God's children. God and Jesus say something to you, I don't want to hear what you have to say. That's no sign that you're a sheep. That's no sign that you're a child of God. To some it sticks out. It's like, it's, it's like uh, you know, the corn, when the corn's getting ready to be, or the, when the wheat's ready to be harvested, it starts to bow. And you might come to uh, one piece of wheat, or maybe it's not wheat, maybe it's just a tear, and it just stands straight up. And they don't realize that everywhere they go, and everything they do, it's like they're holding up a red flag. I say I'm saved, but I'm not saved. There's a lot of people who say they're saved and you'd rather hear preaching like this on this side than to wake up on the other side and recognize that God doesn't know your name. I'd rather have somebody tell me the truth. Sheep can hear. You know, it's almost like the prophets hearing the prophets. 
You know, in the Old Testament, when a prophet would preach or when he would prophesy, he was subject to the other prophets. And there's sometimes, and this is even true today, when I go to another preaching conference and I hear somebody preach, there's sometimes where I sense something going on inside of my soul and I say, okay, this guy has like precious faith. The first time I heard Brother Wayne Hudson preach, I said, okay, this guy is like precious faith. I share a kindred faith with this man. There's sometimes where people have it and there's some folks... They claim to be the sheep of the Lord, and there's no affinity that they have toward other sheep. You know, there's evidences that you are truly a sheep of the Lord. And one of those evidences is mentioned here in this passage in John chapter number 10. And it's this simple, my sheep hear my voice. The second thing we'd like to point out in John chapter number 10 is that the Lord says about his sheep, he says, I know them. This calls for our attention and for us to consider. Do you know that the Lord knows you? And He knows His sheep. He knows our problems. Today, I take comfort in the fact that there's never been a prayer that I have prayed and there's never been a tear that I've shed that Jesus Christ hasn't fully understood and even then some. There's nothing going on in my life that God doesn't see right now. He knows the the cares and the concerns that I have. He knows the heartbreaks and the heartbreaks that I have. He knows the worries that I can be cumbered about with. Jesus knows His sheep. He knows their wounds. Sometimes the Lord allows His sheep to walk down into those valleys. And sometimes a sheep may trip and a sheep might fall and a sheep might even get injured. And sometimes the Lord allows us to go through times in life that causes us to stop and to think and to consider what He is doing. But the Lord knows us and there's some people in this room today and you're going through some kind of heartache. You've got some pressure in your heart that's so heavy and you may not think that anybody else knows about it, but I'm here to tell you, I know somebody who knows about it. His name is Jesus Christ. He knows. And it's good to lay your burdens before the Lord. You know, this altar is a place where men come and they bow the knee. Nobody may know what you're talking about, and that's the way prayer is supposed to be. Some prayers are just between you and your God. And the Bible says when you shut that door and you begin to pray that your God who seeth what you're praying in secret, He'll reward you openly. And may God bring that day to one of us today. That's something we've been calling to Him for. Oh God! Would you do this? And I want to say this today. Nothing's too powerful for my God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's nothing too hard for our God. There's no hardened heart that God can't touch. There's nobody who's too far away that God can't come down and reach down there and grab that person. There's nobody's life who's in so big of a mess that our God can't put it back together. I'm here to tell you, this shepherd knows his sheep. He says, I know them. God takes delight in us. You know, I take delight in my children. I love my children. I love it when they succeed. I love it when they do right. My oldest son, Jonathan's with me here today, and I've prayed for this day to come for a long time. Jonathan, he's my, my oldest son. I watched that boy grow up in Little League, and I lived and died with every pitch. And he can testify that I was preaching at him between every pitch, telling him where to put that pitch. Put one high and tight, son. Put it on the outside corner, son. You know, I mean, I lived and died with him and his playing sports and things like that. 
Just as I take delight in my children. Just as there's times when my children have made me proud. My children aren't perfect. I want to tell you something. Last week, I saw a young man break out of an aisle over here. I've never been more proud of a child than I am my youngest son, Matthew, for bringing that boy to church. We prayed for that kid all week last week in camp. And he shot out of that aisle like a middle linebacker hitting a hole. And you know what he said when he got down here? He said, I'm gonna, I want to get saved. This is a young man who doesn't have Christian parents. This is a young man who had no hope. But somebody brought him to the Lord's house and somebody had some kind of a purpose. And I'm just here to tell you, just as I delight in my children, our Lord delights in us. He observes us. I take comfort in the path. The, Truths of Scripture where He says He knoweth the way that I take. I never knew I'd come to to this portion of Texas. But God called me here. And He knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, He's going to bring me forth as gold. He's doing a work in my life. And I'm thankful for it. That's because He's my shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd today? Do you recognize that He knows you? He knows your hearts. He knows your trials. He knows your deepest pain. And He's leading you. I remember going to a funeral once. I have a friend who's got 12 children and his second born son made a tragic mistake and went out into eternity. They played a song at the funeral called He Knows My Name. And I saw his mother bow herself down into that casket and give that boy a kiss saying goodbye to her son. I want to say this. The Lord knew His name, and the Lord knew the name of His mother. And the Lord was able to comfort in that situation. And I'm thankful that He knows my name. And He knows your name. And He knows the things that this world has done. Many times this world is a ringer to us. It just puts us through the ringer. But I, I know of a shepherd who can come and clean you up and put you back together. May God be your helper today. But I'd also like to consider what this great passage of Scripture says about the great privilege that is given to the people of the Lord. Christ has secured us in this area of salvation, and He he gives to us what we call eternal security. I believe what historically Baptists have believed, and that is once saved, always saved. Furthermore, I believe if saved, always saved, because there were plenty of times in my life when I had made a false profession and I was not saved. There were times where I visited an altar and blanked out. You ever come down to the altar and you just forgot what you came down there for? I'm Okay, I'm the only one that's ever happened to. That's happened to me several times. You know, I was under conviction. The Lord was talking to me about something and then I got down to the altar. What did I get down here for? You know, and I missed out. And then one, a couple of times when I was a child, you know, I'd get up and somebody would say, Well, did you get saved? And I felt foolish. I felt embarrassed. So I lied to him. Yeah, I got saved. <laughs> oh! Blue Jack got saved again. You You want to get baptized? Sure. I got baptized five times before I actually got saved and and baptized the real time. Baptism didn't save me. Jesus saved me. But the Lord gives to those who believed on Him what we call eternal life. The Bible says it here. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. These words cause great confusion to the Pharisee, but to a sheep of the Lord Jesus, this is a comforting thought. I give them eternal life. Only the shepherd could give this. 
to his sheep. The nature of this life is eternal. You know, all of what eternal means or say, none of us has any idea in our earthly mind what eternity will be like. But we certainly can grasp how long it's going to last. It's going to last forever and forever and forever. It has no end and it cannot close. Just as Jesus gives eternal life to His sheep, there's an eternal life that's awaiting those who reject the Lord as well. You're in John chapter number 10. I want to turn back to John chapter number 5 and verse 28 and 29. Now I I celebrate the fact that God gave me eternal life. For those of you who have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're still weighing the Lord in 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 the balance. I'm here to warn you, you're going to live in eternity somewhere forever. And when you start thinking about the pains of hell, where the Bible says, the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You read Luke chapter 16, a rich man died and went there, he wanted one drop of water. He, he, he couldn't get it though. That's hell, he was separated from God. Now in John chapter number 5, in verse 28 it says, Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming into which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice. The grave's not going to hold you from the Lord. You think you're going to hide because you're in the grave? God knows where you are even in the grave. I had a family member, a distant family member, that thought because she decided to get cremated that God would never find her remains and she would never have to answer for her life at the judgment. She's sorely mistaken. God will take you whether you've been burned, whether you've been buried, whether you've been drowned, wherever it is, you're somehow going to be reunited somewhere in the eternity side and you're going to stand and give an account for your life. Everybody who's in the graves, the graves can't hold you from the Lord. You're going to hear His voice. And verse, and verse number 29, And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Hey, listen, that's not my words. Those are the words of Scripture. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There is a heaven to... When you get saved, you get given eternal life. But if you don't get saved, you'll abide in eternal death. The Bible calls that the second death. You could read about that in the book of Revelation. But as you look at this eternal life, it has no end, and therefore it cannot close. This gives, this basically points to some things about the one who can give eternal life. And that is Jesus Christ, the great shepherd. He says, I give unto my sheep eternal life. And I want to say this today, the life that Christ gives us is not some poor drag life which lasts the professor about two or three weeks and dwindles down and dies out, but it is an eternal life that is full of grace and full of glory and full of excitement and full of adventure. I'm here to tell you that my life has been pretty exciting. And as I got on my knees this morning to once again say to the Lord, thank you. Thank you for bringing me here. Thank you for keeping me alive till now. I'm here to tell you that the shepherd will give you a good life. All these folks who are believing the lies of Satan, that if you get saved, all your fun goes away. I'm going to tell you something. If you get saved and you give your life and your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to live for Him and to serve Him, your life will be filled with so much excitement you won't be able to stand it. This next January, I'm supposed to go on a missions trip and, uh, with Brother Bruce Martin. 
I've been told that when I get into the vehicle with Brother Bruce Martin, my life will be in his hands in Mexico. And all I can tell you is, is that it's probably going to be an exciting meeting. I'm looking forward to saying some things in Spanish. I don't know how to say, Brother, please slow down, but I tend to say it. I know how to say, Feliz Navidad and Yo Quiero Tago Bell, but that's just about it right now. May the Lord help me as I learn how to say things. Gusto conocerle, hermana, hermano, I'm getting there. One time I sang a song called, O Tu Fidelidad, which is great as thy faithfulness. And uh, I, I, want, I want to sing something in Spanish to our Spanish brethren. I want to tell you something. Later on, I'm going to be going to visit our missionary in New Zealand. I've had a chance to preach about the Lord Jesus in Ecuador. I've had a chance to preach about the Lord Jesus in Peru. I've had a chance to preach to a crowd of over a thousand people with half of them sleeping at the Pacific Garden Mission. <laughs> In Chicago, where Billy Sunday got saved. I'm here to tell you, some of these are highlights of my life, but I'm here to tell you, I've had an exciting life. The Lord had some good things planned for me. And it's been a privilege to be here at the Metropolitan Baptist Church, but this isn't the greatest privilege. The greatest privilege is going to be when this old boy takes his last breath and the Lord takes me over Jordan, I'm going to be able to see Jesus Christ face to face who loved me and gave Himself for me. I want to be like the disciples who fell down at the feet of the Lord and handled Him by His feet. I thank the Lord for that man for being willing to walk on this terrible planet and being willing to be surrounded by dogs and be nailed to a tree so that I can go to heaven with Him and spend eternity with Him when I die. Uh, That's a good life. And I want to say this, that life is eternal. And once you receive that life, it's forever. You can sin. You can fall. I think about our, our I think about David the king. The man knew the Lord. He wrote some of the best songs that you'll ever read in the scripture, the sweet psalmist of Israel. But there was a day when the sweet psalmist of Israel fell into adultery. A terrible sin. He knew she was married to somebody else, but he did that anyway. He went there anyway. You want to know something? God forgave David. You know what David asked for the Lord in Psalm 51? He said, restore my joy, Lord. God can even take somebody who's guilty of great sin and give them great, great salvation and give them forgiveness again. God forgives sinners. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus is coming to the world to save sinners. He loves sinners. He, he ate with sinners. He identified with sinners. And he says, sinner, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. There could be somebody who's weary and you're heavy laden in this congregation today. I want to invite you to come to the shepherd. You could be a, a weary sheep today. You, you might be a part of the Lord's fold, but you've been tired and you've been taking on a lot to yourself. Why don't you let the shepherd help you bear your load? There could be somebody here today and you've been claiming that you're saved. You're like Brother Guy Fish. And you, you've been living a lie. Don't leave this planet living a lie. Live the truth. Let yourself be called one of the sheep of the Lord. Why don't some of your attributes be... When the Lord said something to me, I said, yes, Lord. Have you ever said yes to Jesus? As a Christian, this should be a habit of life. Yes, Lord. That's what you want me to do, Lord. I'll do it. Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And then he says this, I give them 
eternal life. And they shall never perish. And then he said, neither, he said, I, my father, one, neither shall any man pluck. You can't even pluck yourself out of the hands of the Lord. I got a Bible that says that he's able to keep us from falling in the book of Jude. I can't fall from grace. How can you fall from grace? When grace handles you, when grace catches you, grace follows you, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, listen, I'm just getting practiced here. If you don't like coming to church, if coming to church is a big drag to you, can I invite you into the fold of the Lord? Can I invite you to come and meet Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who if you receive the Lord Jesus, you'll say, I can't wait to get down there to the church. The Bible says, and we know that we passed from death to life because we have love for the brethren. There's some people, there's not any love for the brethren in your heart at all. There's love for yourself. But you know what? The Shepherd died for you too. Even while you were in sin, while you were selfish, the Shepherd died for you. And He'll give you eternal life if you'll be willing to accept the fact that you're lost. It's a simple act of faith to receive the fact and admit the fact that you are lost, that you're without God, and then to come to Jesus is the answer. He paid it all. When He said it is finished, He he paid for every sin you ever committed and offers you forgiveness for every sin you've ever committed and says, come unto Me. If you're not one of the Lord's sheep today, if you're not in that fold, I'm here to tell you it's the greatest fold you'll ever be a part of. He'll be the greatest leader you ever had. And like, like, like others who've come to the Lord before, you'll find when you come to the Lord and you receive salvation, you become one of His sheep and you become a part of His fold. And may God put His blessing on the preaching of His Word today. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Several parts of this message might have touched your heart. You could be a part of this church, a a Christian, someone who's believed on the Lord. And you may be away from God. Won't you come back to the fold today? Won't you say, okay, Lord, I've been away for a while, but I've heard your voice today. I want to come back to where I'm supposed to be. You could be a sheep that's carrying a heavy burden. The altar is open for you. You could be somebody say, I'm not saved. I need need to be saved. You may need to come and pray for some family member. Maybe God put something on your heart. As Brother John sings the first verse of this song, If God spoke to you, if He massaged something in your heart, if He knocked on your heart's door, as He sings this song, won't you step right out in that aisle? So I'm getting down to that altar. I'm going to lay this down before the Lord. As Brother John sings. Won't you come today? Some of you need to come. You need to confess things to the Lord. need to get some things right with God. If the Lord's your shepherd, won't you listen to His voice?
These others have come. Won't you come? have come pray 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 to the Lord that God would have his way let's sing on verse 2 if you need help in the altar just lift your arm Someone will come and pray with you. Oh, Lord. sing another verse in just a moment as the piano plays. You could be in here today and God may be working in your heart to join the church or to get scripturally baptized. He could be working in your heart about some other manner of obedience in your life. This next verse is for you. God spoke in your heart. We invite you to come as we sing verse number three. Hour of prayer. Respond to the Lord.
And all of God's people said, I said, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, it's been good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Thank you for being here. If you're visiting, we pray that you've sensed the Spirit of God here. And uh, the invitation is never closed. If God's working in your heart to get saved or you need help spiritually, I'm here for you. Please let me know. And I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. And if you have the ability to come back tonight at 6 p.m. to be a part of this memorial service for Brother Bob Hopper, uh, please uh, do your best to be in place and also to be sensitive towards how God can use you to bring comfort to this dear family of our church. It's good for our church to come together during these seasons of grief. Also, a season of celebration. On God's side, there's a celebration. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. On our side, it's a difficult thing to say goodbye to a loved one. Uh, So make sure that you come ready and uh, see Miss Sandra. If you're a lady, you'd like to be a help and make something. I think we've got a luncheon prepared. Miss Sandra and Miss Susie have uh, worked on the, the fellowship dinner afterwards, and everybody's welcome to stay for that. We're looking forward to having great services this evening. Also, don't forget, this week is a missions conference at Rogers Baptist. We want to invite you to come. If you'd like to come uh, to their 7 p.m. service, we can arrange for a ride to be here uh, for you to come out to the services. Several of us are going to be attending over there, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll do my best to try to save some seats for our people so where we can sit around and cut up in the services and, uh, you know, disrupt their service. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to disrupt their services, but... Uh, uh, we, we will have a good time. I'm going to call on Brother Daniel Flores, our youth pastor, to dismiss the service in prayer, please. Thank you, Mr. President.